peoples, another episode of Truth and Banters, your boy Flash, we got Shaz Dolly up in a place and today we got none other than the man himself, Gwenton Slowly. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Alright, the reason why I've got Gwenton Slowly, if you don't know about him, uh, as far as I know, he's the first person to actually write a book wow. from Hackney. Yeah. He does a lot of stuff in the community, he's run for the Hackney Mayor. First, I don't know, I'm not really into like the politics, but he's the first black guy, you know, from the hood. There's, 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 there's been, there's been another man, but yeah. he ain't come from where I've come from. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, from, but we, 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 yeah. from the streets and yeah. made that, so that's basically, he's, he's an example basically in, 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 in the environment that we live in. So right now we're here to just give him his flowers, um, um, big him up for everything that he's done. Um, he does a lot of stuff with the community youth, looking out for the youth, stuff that's going on in the community, different areas, but he's based in Hackney. So, um, Gwenton, just tell the people, just a short break, we're going to go into the background, how you came yeah, to yeah. who you are today. But just give a quick, brief breakdown for the people that don't know about you and what you've been doing in the community. Just a quick breakdown. Yeah, so for me, what I would say is I'm someone, you could call it opportunist. Mm -hmm. But whatever I do, I try and get to the head of it. So make it look good. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to do badness, I'm going to do badness and make the badness look good. Mm -hmm. When I leave the badness, I'll be leaving it in such a way that it looks sexy to leave the mm -hmm. badness. Right. And whether it's joining the government, whether it's running elections, setting up your company, everything that I do, I try and be transparent about it. Because that's one of the problems that I saw when I was coming up in this game. You had gatekeepers. We had some of the older guys that saw us coming up under them and it's like either you come with them or they don't want to show you the secret how yeah. to get out. Mm -hmm. And I, you know what, no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to be so open about it. Even if I'm warring the government, mm -hmm. I'm going to war the government in public. If I'm warring the police, I'm going to do it in public. So yeah. it's not just the good, the bad times as well. So it's all there. So you, if you end up in that jam, you know, you know what, well, Gwenton didn't break. Because that's one of the things that I've seen recently where the whole fighting spirit is gone out of a lot of people. And the easiest thing is to throw the towel in and say, you know, it's too hard and whatever else. But sometimes it's that little day that you feel like, you know what, I can't do this no more. That's the day that you should be going harder. Because once you get over that day, the rest of them are like, what? I'm ready to go. And I think that's something that I always say to people, never doubt yourself. The I've been shot, I've gone to jail and all that I've been deported, the whole lot. But the most frightened I've been in my life is when I walked into university. Okay. Yeah, that was, I was <laughs> petrified because that was something that was said was the impossible. Right. So when you look at that, sometimes it's the whole anxiety that builds up in you. You, you feel like, I, I just want to run away. And I understand when some people are like, no, I can't do that because you then doubt yourself or you feel like this isn't for me or I don't fit in here. But it's just to overcome that. I've been in certain meetings where I'm the only one that looks and speaks like me. And you can feel intimidated. But once you go there and act like you're comfortable there, then people start behaving themselves. And when you see a next man coming up, you then teach him or her the rules of the game so they don't make the same mistake that you made when you was at that stage. 
But not everyone likes to listen, and I think that's one of the biggest problems where people think they've arrived when they've only started. And yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest problems I find with our communities, especially with social media. Now. It blows up your ego so big to the point where you think, no one can't tell me nothing. Yeah. I'm famous. I got like millions of followers. I got yeah. a blue tick. You ain't got yeah. a blue tick. You know, like so. It's about humbling yourself. And even within the intro, you said that I was the first, I was the first guy in Hackney, to my knowledge, to write a book. But I also have to pay homage to the guy that I saw write a book in Brixton that I used to roll with back in the day, Judge uh, Souls, Elijah Kerr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesus. after, yeah, when I when I read his book, I'm like, boy, I'm a brethren, but I could do better than this. Okay. And that's why I went and done my one. I don't want no narrations. Mm-hmm. I want it to be straight from, yeah. Yeah, you understand? And I met another girl as well. I have to pay homage to her. And she already was a known author around the world, Louise Payne. And she showed me how to structure it, and we put the book out together. Mm-hmm. You understand? And this is just a small example. Again, it's like people don't want to pay homage to people where mm-hmm. it's like it's too painful to say, you know what, you think it's me, but really, mm-hmm. if it weren't for those yeah. people, yeah. Like you wouldn't have be where you are today. And that's one thing I always do is make sure that I give people their credit where their credit's due. Even if it's a hundred times I have to explain it, yeah. I'll do that because the worstest thing is when you've done something and you see someone and you're like, right, so when am I going to get a mention? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. So a lot of people do that. It's yeah. true. I love that. All right, so yeah, pick up yeah. mention them. All right, you're at this place right now where you are in life. Um, obviously, there's a process that's... Mm made you come to her. How that? Where did you grow up? How did you, how was family life for yeah. you? Like, so, grew up in Jamaica for the, the first six to eight years of my life. Okay. I first came to England when I was six. Okay. Uh, I've got a sister 10 years older than me. Okay. And we came to England together on a holiday. Only difference is she didn't come back. So she stayed in England with my mom's family. Mm-hmm. I stayed with my dad's family for Christmas. And then when I went back on the plane, my sister stayed. Okay. I didn't see my sister again for about 10 years. Okay. You understand? So, so you had family living in England already? Yeah, my, 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 all my mom's family was here, all my dad's family was here. So it was like we were loners in Jamaica. Okay. So all the both sides of family was in the, UK. in the UK. But when you look at it, my dad's the first child, my mum's the first child. So my dad was in Jamaica, mm-hmm. uh, but he got a good job and he had his house. So to him, it's like, I don't need to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And my whole life, I've seen both my mum and dad going to America working, going to England working and making money come back. So they, we were like middle-class poor people. Okay. You understand? Yeah. When I was first born, we had a house with a TV, toilet, all of that. In Jamaica, yeah. that's impossible. That's yeah. You understand? Then after that, obviously, things weren't going as well. So I've also experienced a no toilet in the house and a no TV and a no fridge and no electric. If we wanted ice, we have to buy the ice from next door. Okay. You understand? So I've had the privilege of learning all of that stuff where you go toilet and it's just a hole in the floor floor. and no toilet paper you have to use the newspaper or the magazine cover to wipe your bum you understand so I've 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 lived it you get what I'm saying that one of the benefits of that when I ended up in jail I was like what this is jail I'm cool you understand because yeah in England yeah 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 so we'll get to that but I said 
two years after I came to England, my grand brought me back here. Grand's part of the Windrush generation. You understand? So lived with my grand and I was then privately adopted. So that was before 1998 when it became illegal to privately adopt someone. Okay. You understand? So I was privately adopted by a family friend, grew up with her and, and her son and my dad then came long after. And that was my life, you understand? Okay. But one of the things that I learned from early is not being wanted in a house. So when you've got a... Well, you can't not want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the reasons I end up on the road, if I'm being honest with you. It's like, you go home and... But I can understand it. It's a two-bedroom house, and I've now moved into someone's bedroom. We're sharing the bed, and it's like, you've grown up your whole life with your room and your mum to yourself. Yeah. And then at that time, then my dad's come about, you understand? So it's like, you're enjoying your stepdad, then this you comes yeah. about yeah. the place. So... When I was younger, I, I resented the youth for that, but now as a big man, I could see where he was coming from. Not only that, the lady weren't told that I weren't going back home. Wow. You understand? So for her as well, she felt tricked. But okay. it, it, was, it was good times. If it weren't for my stepmom, I wouldn't know how to cook. And enough women would take advantage of me. So I, you understand, I give I give blessings to her for that. So yeah, she taught me how to cook. I know how to cook enough different dishes and that. But this is in Hackney, yeah? In Hackney, in Stoke Newton. So I grew up in Stoke Newton behind the police station. That. But then when you've got a stepbrother that is two years older than you and he's already on the roads doing certain little bits and pieces, you can't then police the younger one. Guys used to get beat, standard. You understand that? They were not calling no social services back then. It was like, you take your beats or run away. I used to run away on a Friday and come back on a Sunday. Do what, do what you're doing. Next week, I'm gone again. You understand? So I weren't missing the raves. I was at enough raves where my friends weren't allowed to go because I was running away from early and going out raving. So... That's how I ended up on the street because it's like a next man's in the house, you can't police him, you can't try to police me as well. Mm. So if that's the case, I'm going to run away. Yeah. And after a while, it's only so much beatings and reporting a youth missing that you could do before you leave the youth to do what he's doing. So that was my introduction to the roads where I'm watching man start smoking ash first, burning weed, but before that it was cigarettes. You know, like a man sharing a cigarette and yeah. buying a singles at the shop. So yeah. you then see a man putting crack in a spliff. You think that is some ash. Wow. Come you, I don't know what's going on. And the whole block's doing it. They're burning uh, crack like it's normal. And I'm like, right, you're a bad man if you burn crack. Yeah. The next day you see a man doing heroin and they're vomiting. You're like, right, what's this? This ash hair that you're sprinkling in your spliff is some different thing. So was this like your age group? Or no, was this the, the old, older the older guys. They were. Right. I was going jungle raves and I was probably the only one in the jungle rave, not on crack. Right. And after a while, as a you, you learn the smell of crack. Mm. So when you, obviously, you was younger. Yeah. And all your olders was involved in that sort of thing. How come you never, how come, what, 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 do you see something? I've, one of, one of the things with me is this, I will not be pressured into nothing. Yeah. And I think one of the benefits of that is I grew with my dad. So peer pressure couldn't hit me because my dad was a serious man. You understand? So, and I never see my dad smoking. I never see my dad drinking. He'll have 
party or something, you'll have a one drink or whatever, but it's not like you're getting up, backing back the drink. So when you've got grown with a proper man, yeah. what happens to your friends or your, your people, them outside, can't happen to you because I'm, I don't need that. So daddy was basically your role model then? Yeah, yeah, 100%, even up to today. You understand? It's like, I can ring my dad every reason about certain things, you understand? So that's the difference. So I think it's probably only one other man I know that had their dad around. That's a bonus. Yeah, like I'm with like 40 men and no one ain't got a dad and you're, you're seeing certain leakage within your friends that they can't see yeah. because their dad ain't around. So next man says, yeah, hold this machine and take that to your yard. And you're doing it because you want to impress that guy because he's now filling the daddy role. Yeah. Mm. Or go and take this line and go and mash down that food. You can't do that to me. Mm. So one of the problems that I had is me and certain big man got enough arguments yeah, because I'm asking questions that everyone else is scared to yeah, ask. Because I'm like, yo, that ain't correct. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, Q, you That's can't even sense. talk like that. I'm like, I'm going to talk like that. What are you going to do? You understand? <laughs> but... Yeah. That's the benefit of growing not only with a man, but a strong man. Yeah. Where yeah. it's zero tolerance. You mm. come to my yard, you're dead. Mm. Because we're not playing that. I remember the first thing that I remember. We had a man downstairs in Jamaica that used to cuss the most wickedest Jamaican mm. language you can think. Mm. To the point where you as a child think you're gonna die just from his <laughs> just from the just things from he's cussing. <laughs> and I remember my dad was at work them time there. And the man's saying he's gonna come upstairs and kill everyone in the house. Imagine. Because my mom and sister like hung out their underwear on the line. And he's saying he don't wanna see that. Uh, you know the man there where they're like, you know, I say, no, yo, no. I see no panty on no, no line or no bra. So he's like, if you don't move it, I'm going to cut down the line and I'm killing everyone upstairs. Yeah. But my mum was a kind of woman that she'll carry her Bible and her knife. Mm -hmm. So them sort of talk there, if you carry on too much, she'll come down there and do you something. Mm -hmm. But she's going to pray on it first. <laughs> and yeah, but if... If the Psalms tell her to go down there and deal with him, she's going down there. Mommy. Yeah, you it's understand? Me. All right. So, so that's how she wrote. She's like, listen, I'm going to pray. But if something in this Bible told me to sort you out, I'm going to sort you out. So obviously, man's carrying on. And I'm there as a little man. I'm shook. Not going to lie. My sister's acting like she's not scared. But you can see, like, she's acting like she's looking after me. But we're both shook. <laughs> And my mum's calm as ever, because I've seen her do other wild stuff too. Mm. So to me, I'm like, you know what? My mum said, nothing can't happen. So my dad's come home now. And my mum's told my dad. My dad's like, what? He said, what? But the man's heard my dad come, and he's still going with his wickedness. Mm -hmm. So my dad's like, all right, then, cool. Bring the acid outside. So in Jamaica, we got acid oh. in, a, in a glass jar. Bring the cutlass outside. Yes, sir. Use a guy in the yard. So... I'm going in the yard with them. He's like, you stay on the veranda. That's how you stay. I'm like, no, I want to go in the yard with my mum and my sister, you get me? Because I'm shook as well, but my mum... Yeah, my mum don't want to go nowhere. But mm. my dad's like, listen, go in the yard. So sister and mum gone in the yard, and I'm out there, and I'm trembling. I'm mm. thinking this gangster's going to come kill the two of us. And my dad say, yo, come upstairs. And all the wicked talk you're dealing with down there, come do it now, because I'm home. Mm. And then put down the cutlass on the, like, the veranda and say, you, man, line up the acid on there. Mad. And I'm having to line up the bottles of acid, oh. you know. 
And I'm like, right. You see, from that day, something in me clicked, like, so when they come to your yard or your family, you die. You so so from there, it's like, you know what? Cool, because this man not wicked again. Mm. He didn't come upstairs. Mm. He was shook. So my whole life, when I'm on the road, and I'm dealing with certain men, they're going like they're killers. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do what you're doing. Don't talk. <laughs> All right. So, and that has, that has kept me safe my whole life. You understand? I've had a number of death threats. Mm. You I'm not talking little death threats. I'm talking like some wild ones. Mm. You understand? Then it's like, whatever, man. You don't understand. Like, I might look simple, but I'm not, mm. I'm not the guy. So, from there, you come to England... I was more advanced than the children in the school here because one of the things with Jamaica was if you don't learn, you get left behind. That's right. So because of that embarrassment, yeah. you learn. You understand? So when I've come to England, the kind of algebra and that, that they were doing, I'm like, this is a joke. Yeah. So remember, I've had no, no TV, no computer, no nothing. So the teacher's getting frustrated now. So he's like, go on the computer. And them time there, the computer had, I forget the name of the game. So one little thing dropped down, you have to stop it from dropping. Okay, like a like ping pong type of thing. Yeah, and yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking. Comes, you yeah, you have to catch the ball yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. with a little flat thing. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yo, I could do this all day long. <laughs> you just use the arrows and move mm-hmm. across the thing. And after a while, I'm like, no, nah, I'm tired of this now. So you then start painting, the guy had paints on there. So the teacher's gone, I'll never forget, I sat in the class, three teachers have come in, and they're like, how did we move him up? Not to year five, to year six. Mm. This you could do year six work. Mm. He's going to be bored in year five as well. Yeah. And they're like, but he's born in October, we can't do that. If it was August, we could have found some loophole to move yeah. it. So then I'm stuck with these little kids. They're not really little kids, but mm. we're the same age. Mm. Before you know it, there's one or two youths in the class saying, shut your mouth, sir. Where I come from, you'll be dead. Get some licks. So the first time I heard it, I'm like, no, nah, I didn't just hear that. You mm. said, shut your mouth or I'll punch you in the face. I'm like, what? Mm. So obviously, I get used to that as well. Mm. Before you know it, I'm banned from school trips. I'm not allowed out of school. Plus you're bored in the school. I'm bored. So what we used to do now, all the naughty boys, we used to get kicked out after lunch. And we roll out the fo- the paper and play football outside in the hallway. One goal and whatever. Yeah. Little did I know that was the start of my life going down the drain. So from eight years old, they're writing things about me. So by the time I get to year six now and do the exam for the SATs, they're like, he ain't done well in the SATs to get in any good secondary schools in Hackney. Okay. And at that time, we already started going Hackney dance for swimming. Mm-hmm. And when we used to go swim, we used to get punched in the head we used to get beaten up by the boys that went to that school. We're little kids, you know, yeah, getting attacked yeah, yeah. by these boys. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to go to that school. <laughs> Send me anywhere else but that school. The one school, just a little bit under a dangerous and bad like that, Homerton House. Yeah. So they sent me to Homerton. From a walk in there, there's man on the road and everything in the school. Yeah. We had travellers in there, everything. So within the first two to three weeks, everyone's fighting for their position. Because yeah. you got every bad you in the one year. Yeah. So it's like everyone want to be the top fighter in their class or the top two. And then from there, it's top whatever in the year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so fr- from there, you meet a couple of men in the school, you start hanging out with them after school in their estate. 
you're learning little things how to hot wire cars, teeth bikes, right. and man tell you pedal the bicycle, next thing you know, you're snatching a woman's handbag. You're like, right, is this what goes on here? So you're now being exposed to, to, to different things. Same time my brother's on the road, got his moped and he's shot in his food. You understand, I'm getting paid to cut up the little plastic so you could put the food in there and wrap it. And then once you progress, you start wrapping the food now. You learn how to weigh it, put a penny on the scale and all of that stuff. So it's like, Practice, you understand? So one thing led to another. You start getting addicted to that lifestyle. People know who you are. You're known as a fighter in the area. And it's had you give that up, you understand? And that followed me all the way till I'm 19 and I'm getting shot on my 19th birthday and wow. ending up in jail, you understand? And I end up down Dalston in Holly Street. But the, the strange thing is I've already been there with other people before. So I had another guy called Stilts, bless his soul, passed away like four years ago from, from Woodgreen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Stilts yeah. And Stilts used to come when he's from boarding school and get us, me and his little cousin mm-hmm. Simeon, and take us all over the place, you understand? And we used to go to Holly Street with him. They had like a little street fight arcade thing in Holly Street. And we used to go down there and they used to play, we used to watch and whatever else. So when I've gone back down there now with youths that I've gone to school with, I've been Holly Street way before I even know them. So them time they I'm there, they've got problems with London Fields youths, and I'm finding this confusing because just before that, I used to roll in Pembury on Clarence Road. So to me, Pembury boys and Fields boys were the same thing. So when I'm in Holly Street watching them warring with each other, I'm like, all right, everyone's trying to show who's the best fighter. Mm. So I'm standing back because I've already made a name from fighting in Hackney. I don't need to come here and prove nothing to no one. You understand? And people getting stabbed and mm. one thing leading to a next, next thing people getting killed and you're like, this is all stupidness. Yeah, Over dumb one guy in, instigating stuff, but knowing that because he's got older brothers, no one's going to trouble him, but he's trying to stir trouble between the whole of Holy Street and London Fields. And then when it gets crazy, he doesn't even help. Imagine. Because he knows that his brothers will come and protect him and mm. people have lost their lives on the back of that stupidness. You look back and you think, how many people would still be alive today if mm. that guy didn't... Mm. Encourage stupidness, the same energy he used to encourage it. He could have said, You, man, lad, that, that's yeah, stupidness. And even if people didn't listen, he could have called on his same brothers to come and, and stop it. But then it's like, You're not even the same age as us, and you're hanging around with us. So when we were in school, a man's 18, but coming down to school to pick us up from school, you're meant to be in college or yeah, getting a bored. job. You understand? Very so bored, yeah. it's only now when you're adult, you look at certain things, you think, right, like, right with that boy. Yeah, yeah, why don't you go hang out with your own age group? Like, his age group were, like, the people in Hackney yeah, doing things. Yeah. But instead, he wanted to be with us. So when our age group's on the road making a name for ourselves, he's attached to us. Wow. But because he's older than us, certain people are thinking like he's the boss. And I'm like, yo, my man ain't no boss of no one. Right. You understand? Because if anything, he's nervous of some of us. Because if we turn on him, he ain't going to like it. He's going to have to call his brothers. And furthermore, it gets to a point where I don't even care about your brothers again. Because <laughs> what? whatever they've got, we've got, and we've got money as well. So 
it, it's little things like that. I look now and I think, right, how much of these youths are still out there being brainwashed mm. by people that they know nothing will happen to them, but they run around pretending that something could happen to them mm. to get you to roll with them. And, and, and it's sick because enough of people could have been alive now if that was prevented. And you look now, there's still little kids shooting at each other or stabbing each other up. But they don't know where this started from. And it's the same stupidness that is following on from our days. And I remember I went back there about eight years ago and a little kid took my key out of my car. I was so shocked. You know, like, I'm like, like, I've I've gone around there peacefully. And the man's like, rah, you're not going to bully me no more. And I'm like, rah, I didn't even know I used to bully you. Mm. But if no. that's the case, I, I apologise. Yeah. I'm a changed man now. Mm. But you know when it's like, a guy don't want to hear that you're... Yeah. But I didn't even know I'd done something to him. Mm. That's the thing. Did is, you always know that you wasn't a bully? No, I've never bullied the guy. The thing is this, yeah? <laughs> there's, there's certain people that don't understand the rules of the street. It's like this. I'll give you another example. Okay. Your dad is on drugs, so we'll call them a crackhead. Mm-hmm. Then you and your brother then grow up, start selling drugs. Mm-hmm. To me, you're selling drugs, you're poisoning people, just like someone else is poisoning your dad. So if I then decide, oh, yeah, you know what, I'm going to rob them. How could you then turn around and say, oh, my God, my man's evil, we thought we were friends, <laughs> and he's now trying to rob me. To me, uh, someone has to be the dodgy guy on the road. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? So, if I'm the dodgy one, at least I'm filling the void. Mm. Because in every generation, there's somebody that can't be trusted within the within the bunch. Uh, if I'm that guy, well, fair enough. None. The thing is, I'm owning it. You yeah, understand? Yeah, I'm not telling you that I was yeah. an angel. Because mm. the next man might come on the show and be like, him? Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's got a good reason. <laughs> Look, my <laughs> reason in behind it, which my, is justifiable for the family thing, the community. Yes, and that's uh, I stopped them from poisoning people. My thing mm. is this. The game has robbers, they have drug dealers, they got fraudsters. Somebody has to play that role. If me and you are friends, don't be upset that you then getting robbed because if it's not me, it's somebody else, you understand? Oh so, that's so, not good. No, but I'm but saying... saying at, that's, that's where I was at at the time. Okay, okay. Not only that, that keeps them in line. Mm. So don't think because people are your friends that tomorrow they'll be your friends. True. So you always have to keep them in check. Mm-hmm. And that's if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. Come on, and them would have tried it already. Mm-hmm. But you have to remind them, hey, yeah. no, no, no. You know, like, <laughs> not my guy. Yeah. And that is one thing that I give thanks about where when I decided to leave that lifestyle, people fought twice to keep up with nonsense. I've seen other people leave and people try to rob them, attack mm-hmm. them in the streets. Yeah. I don't walk with security guard. Mm-hmm. I'm here by myself, you understand? So... You have to install fear in mm. even your own closest family members. Because when you then decide to do certain things, your own sibling <laughs> could be the worst it's nightmare so in the world. Trust me. Listen, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, we, and we're talking about when a man starts smoking crack. Mm. So think about this now. We all used to roll together. All on the road together. And you're looking and a man's there 
like life is just flying for him and you're in your little house with a crack spliff and probably your machine. Who becomes the food then? Because you're looking at my man thinking, boy, you know what? I never even liked him, you know? I feel to go and... You understand? Mm -hmm. And that's your own sibling mm -hmm. thinking like that. Mm -hmm. But people won't see them things because they don't know. Enough. It's so true. Yeah, when, yeah. when a man's running around saying, oh, yeah, my man's a police informer, you're like, who's telling you that? It's mm -hmm. your same sibling <laughs> running around the road. And I'm having to say to people, like, all right, check this then. Would you trust a crackhead with your wallet? Hell no. No. So how could you trust a crackhead to give you information? Yeah, and the thing is, I'm saying... Everybody that has something negative to say, look at their lifestyle. True. 100%. I've never found a man or woman that is doing well that's got a bad thing to say. All of the people them that have got negatives to say, they're in pain. You that's understand? So <laughs> it's the truth. It's but the, the but the learning from that is this: your own people will be the ones that will kill you. Yeah. And if we don't want to believe that and chance it, mm. you might not be here to say, you know what, I should have known better. That's very true, because that's what they say of people that come out of the area when they, if they get killed is when they've come back to visit. Listen, man. Visit the area and people that formerly knew you before, probably before you actually changed. Listen, I remember growing up, yeah, and they used to talk about Jay-Z and these big mm. people, and they're like, they're man, they're sellouts. They become rich. Like this will be like the best friend talking. Mm -hmm. He became rich, and we yes. used to hang out together. Mm -hmm. And now he doesn't care about me. And I'm like, oh, that's really bad. That's why he's the thing back mm -hmm. then. Like, right, at least sort out your brethren. But you see now, I realize you can't go around certain people because you'll lose your life yeah, yeah. two ways. Yeah, yeah. Because one, either you are not dead or you catch a case. Mm -hmm. It's straight. Because we need to also remember is this, and for you, so whoever listening to this, certain people pretend that they're bad until something happens to them. Yeah. And the reason why I say that, I make it clear is this, either they'll call the police when they get hurt or their mums will call the police because their mums <laughs> always, the mums got the police on speed now, you know? <laughs> My son's been injured. I want a reward up now. You understand? The mum will sell her house to put up the reward mm. to make sure you get arrested. Mm -hmm. And even the gangster friends yeah. will put up the reward because that's the new technique. I'm seeing that. So someone gets killed, the gangster friends will quickly put up a reward so they don't have to ride out. You get it? So they're putting up 20 grand. So they're actually saying, I'm going to put up 20 grand to catch my man. You're like, but you've just said his name. So now there's a 20 grand reward. The police know who it is. Because you've said his name. <laughs> so when he gets so, so when he gets arrested, then everyone goes back raving because it's like, oh yeah, man would have licked him down, but he's in jail. <laughs> You're like, right, he's a dark. Yeah, so that's the little game now. Yeah. And this is what I say when, when you're alive, you think, right, if something happened to me, people are gonna ride out. Mm -hmm. No one's riding out, nowhere. Yeah? After they come to your funeral, take their chains out and their Rolex, if it's real or not, mm. and take pictures and draw down your sisters, because that's what man do. Man come to your funeral and move to your missus. Man said, draw down <laughs> your sister and your sister missus. And what, you, think, you no, think that's off? I know. Okay. Listen. Okay, I know. You but what I was going to say is, mm. before you go any further, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to jump, jump back quickly. You said that you changed, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, what made you change? Did you just wake up one day? Did you have a no. bad dream? Was mm. it a situation? Two things made no. No, shot made that, you change at all. When I got shot, I thought I was invincible because I didn't die. When did you get shot? I got shot in my leg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but when that happened, I was like, what? I made a steal. I can't die. <laughs> I went out raving the same that night. Is, <laughs> I, went, I went home. Oh, you got shot the same day and then you went out. Same night, two when hours you after. You went out the same night. The when same night shot? I went to Tottenham and I was raving with my Tottenham friends. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was at. Like, you got shot. Yeah, I went to hospital no, for the fun out, of it, yeah. but I was out the same <laughs> night in Tottenham raving, and I was like, after that, yeah. I said, Invincible, yeah. yeah, the funny thing, you've had the next man on your show, the same night I got shot, Robin got stabbed, okay. yeah, because he yeah. heard what happened, and he's mm. come down, and okay. fighting off a bag of use, and mm. got stabbed up, so okay, okay. it was that. Like, involved in your... Yeah, okay. you understand, so he's come down, he's heard I've got, Mm-mm-mm-mm. and he's yeah. like, what, boom, I'm coming. Mm. And then he's in that getting into something with random people. Okay. Nothing to do with yeah. my stuff, just anyone. Okay. You understand? He, he ended mm-hmm. up getting stabbed up. So mm-hmm. from there, it was like, right, you've been shot. I've been stabbed with both alive. We're not normal. You know? Like, like, <laughs> like, we are... You're the X-Men. Yeah, we're the X-Men. X-Men. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and from there, we made a list of people on the list. And only God knows why we didn't start ticking off that list. Yeah. We had a like a hit list. Mm. Mad. Like if you'd done something I when we were a ten. Movie like that the other day. Yeah? I actually watched a movie like that. Listen, <laughs> there was a list of men on there. None of them now are still here, mm. but they don't even know you were on a list. Mm. Oh and God, God prevented that list from uh. start getting ticked off. But what changed me was my son. Okay. okay. So okay. how old is your son now? My son's fifteen. Fifteen. I was what, twenty-four. Okay. Yeah, you got people doing the maths now to see what they on on the Jamaican passport, you know what I mean? <laughs> My British passport's different, you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. So but, twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't don't get them the maths. Yeah. Enough of the drug dealers will get that wrong because they can't do maths on you. So when my son was coming, another friend of mine died. Okay. He was a younger youth to me. He died the exact day I came out of jail. Okay. So let's say I came out of jail November the 19th, uh, 2005. November the 19th, 2006, he dies. Yeah. So from there, I'm like, this is a long, I'm yeah. done. Because he was the first one. Other people died when I was in jail. Yeah. I remember I'm in jail, I'm ringing my, I'm like, Wait, my guy's dead. And I'm hearing like doo doom doom doom. PlayStation noise in the back. I'm like, yo, my man's dead. What are you up doing playing computer? And I'm like, this world's sick. Yeah. Like, and then I had to learn myself, this is why you're in jail. Because yeah. your head's hot. And I'm there and I'll never forget the first time I cried for one of my brothers. Oh. I'm like, I'm not crying because he's dead. I'm crying because i got another 12 months to come out mm. to go and do a madness. Mm. You understand? A man are playing PlayStation. And I'm like, right, if he could die like that, imagine if it was me. Mm. And I come out, and this was like the first death when I'm home now. Mm. So I remember I got the phone call the night, and I just went and sat like on the toilet, not the actual toilet, but with the seat down. And mm. I, I was like, right, I'm going to have to roll out now because this is the part of the movie because... We've never played this part of the movie yet. So I'm like, all right, well, friend's dead. His brother's already a killer, supposedly. 
And I'm like, yes, man, this is like action time. So I rung, man, I'm like, but even before that, I'll give you a, a scenario where people don't listen. So the same friend that's dead, I phoned him like two weeks before that. And I'd given him a bike. So I've rung him. Certain time when people owe you money, whenever you ring them, they think you're calling them for the money. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Or they're not going to answer. answer. Yeah. So I've rung him now, and I'm like, yo, what I got? And he's like, brother, I'm going to give you that money. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, forget the money for the bike. Yeah? yeah. The man used to just stab up. It's like, for me, because I've hung around in different areas in Hackney, I know who you play with and who you don't play with. Mm -hmm. So there's certain man where you play with them, you get 24-hour immediate retaliation. You got next man that week or two, if they see you, they retaliate. Mm -hmm. That's a 24-hour retaliation, if not 12. So when I heard that they stabbed at the guy, now I'm like, mm, he's like, I can't really stab my man up and leave him like that because these are not the sort of people you go and do that mm -hmm. to. Don't watch that, man. Mum got that under control. I said, bruv, these ain't the kind of people you play with. Obviously, people didn't want to hear, and then whatever happened, he ended up getting shot. Wow. But I remember phoning people, and I'm saying, yo, like, we have to go and, like, put some work in. Mm. Everyone was scared. There you go. I'm on parole, you know? Mm. But everyone's scared, and I'm thinking... If it was one of us, this little man that just died, he would have been out his bed doing whatever. And no one was on it. And my heart broke. I even met his family members. They told me, wait till after the funeral. And as I said to you, some of people's family already done killing. So to me, this is should be light work for you. The funeral come and gone. No one's on it. You see, from I saw that, yeah. I checked out. I said, this is it. I'm done. And I never looked back. Yeah. And another test for me, I went broke. So I used to extort people £500 a week. Funny, I saw one of them the other day at the <laughs> restaurant. And he said to me, no, serious. The boy oh, said God. to me, you know what? Like, you were the most polite tax man. Because mm. if they didn't have the £500 on the Friday, I'll say, all right, Sunday, I'll come back. <laughs> you understand? I didn't yeah. harm so them. So them. So let me understand. Give them a little leeway. Yeah, yeah. So let me understand it. So you said just go up to people and just like, listen, I no, want £500. No, there, £500. there was an arrangement with certain people right, where... Right, right, was it, was it Was it people that was damaged? Drug dealers. Drug dealers. I had of. So you do it because they're damaged. They were drug dealers. You're doing like a good deed, basically. I should do that. Don't do it. It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't. Yeah. You sell drugs. I want two hundred pounds yeah. every Friday. Or else. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. And the thing is, when this goes out, I'll get the youth to comment in the in the comments because sometimes you tell some stuff people don't believe yeah. that it's true. And I never forget. I said to myself, you know what? I need to stop this. I now got my son. You keep upsetting people. Someday someone's gonna shoot up the of car, mm -hmm. and it nearly happened. I remember this gangster uh, rapper. He's supposedly a gangster rapper. Mm -hmm. Saw him in Wood Green, pulled out a knife on me, and uh, I'm like, "How dare you do that?" You know, like mm -hmm. chased him down the road. But that was when <laughs> I learned that. So you pissed him off, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He flicked out the knife of conviction as well. But what I know who was, was he? Was someone that you was exploiting? No, he was he was just a gangster rapper. 
obviously, he just have, he just heard I've, 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 I've had a couple run-ins with oh, him in the past. Yeah, so yeah. he must have thought, oh, you're not mm. going to rob me today again. Yeah. And he flicked out the knife. Mm. And although he ran off, I just thought, you know what? This is it now. I need to mm. just leave people mm. alone and stop. Yeah. And I stopped and I remember I went broke. So you go from your, you could have 50 grand, 100 grand. The minute you take 10 pound out of that, it goes down. You always say, I'm going to put it back. You don't put it back. Before you know it, you got your last grand, mm. then your last 500 pound, mm. then your last 100 pound, then 100 pound turns into mm. 20 pound. Mm. And I remember walking into a shop and buying the miniature nappies for my son. Okay. Never brought that before. I didn't even know the sweet shop sells them. Mm. And I went home, I was so embarrassed. And then my car needed petrol. And I, the little 10 pence, 50p used to dash around the house. I had to now scrape them all up. And I remember putting petrol in my car and the needle didn't even move. Mm-hmm. And I could have rung someone and said, yo, come fill my tank or I'm coming to take some money off you. And I didn't do that. And that was the day that I knew that I would never commit crime again. Right. Yeah, and driving in that petrol station, I'll never forget the noise that it made when I dropped those copies in there. I had like one pound in each bag tied. Mm-hmm. And the noise that it made dropping in the late night drum, I was so ashamed. I just mm-hmm. filled the tank mm-hmm. and drove off. And that day I knew this is when your life changed. Amen. Because I've never been that embarrassed in my life. And I say I could have eased, even brethren that owe me money or have lent money. You or, could have called them. I could have said, I beg you, lend man a 20 or 30. But you didn't. Why? Why do you right. think? I, I, needed to do, I needed to do that because mm. I was trying to leave. Okay, you yeah. understand? Some man pierce their tongue because they want to leave or mm. they start wearing leather pants. Or, you understand? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Man, just get on yeah, you understand. Man, so I'm not part of this. <laughs> yeah, you understand oh because I'm part of this life. No yeah, more. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you understand. And it's like Madness. certain time you see yeah. some man do some stuff because mm. you're totally trying to take yourself away mm. from mm. it, mm. and it's an addiction and a lonely place. Once you walk away, you understand. Yeah, and it's that's when the targeting comes because yeah. you then have people with drug dealer personas or pretend bad boys now giving you death threats or yeah. sending stories that they're going to do this and that to you. How do you then mm-hmm. overcome? And I think that that was one of the most painfulest time of my life mm-hmm. is when a man sending me death threats and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know what, one yeah. last time I'm going to step out there to show everyone I'm going to do something so horrendous to you that no one else will ever talk again. And I've been tempted many times mm-hmm. when I first started transitioning to just do something mad to people. You understand? It's like, it was painful. Even your own family and that trying to draw you out. Mm. And girls bringing messages. And I learned, I said, you know, I have to cut everyone off. I have to cut every. You know, like change your number and just disappear. Mm. I don't want to work in the area again. I used to work in Hackney. So most of these rappers and bad boys, I gave them their one-bedroom flat. They wouldn't have nowhere to live if it was for me. But they weren't running around telling no one that. Mm -hmm. When they're in a bush calling me at four in the morning to help them get out of bush or they're in prison. One of the funniest things ever happened to me working in Hackney is there's a guy supposedly meant to be the king of Hackney. I don't know how they worked that out, but it's not my business. This guy was in jail and I had some next guy working with me. And the guy was like one of his fans. 
And he said, oh, my man want to come out of jail, you know, but he needs a letter. So I said, well, you're not at any position to write the letter. And at them time, my guy's not my people because mm. we were like the outlaws of Hackney. We weren't with the masses. We were LOM, so mm. love of money. So we would mm. rob the drug dealers mm -hmm. and rob whoever we felt like. So right. the whole of Hackney hated us, mm -hmm. you understand? But they couldn't do nothing about it. And the guy, I've never seen him because we don't venture in the same places. Mm -hmm. We don't go to the same events. Mm -hmm. So he's never said thanks for the letter. But and that's the letter that... Helped him get out. I had to write to his probation, uh, say that I'm going to offer him a job. Mm -hmm. There's okay. apprenticeships there mm -hmm. for him. So mm -hmm. no temptation of him committing yeah. crime. We'll be putting him on courses. Whatever it took yeah, to get him out of jail. He's not the first person I've wrote. I've wrote many letters like that for people mm -hmm. yeah. to get out of jail or stop them from going in. But whether they want to admit that or whatever, not my business. Mm -hmm. But then... I remember when people were running around saying, oh, Gwenton works with the police, he's an informer and all that. And I'm like, how does yeah, someone right. become an informer? You get shot or stabbed. Remember, nothing to do with me, I weren't mm. there. You get shot or stabbed, you go to the hospital, because that's the procedure if you don't stitch yourself up or go to the vet and get stitched mm. up by the vet. You go to the hospital, somebody comes and sees you, are you safe to go back home? You told them no. So now you can't go home. Mm -hmm. That triggers something. They will then contact a service like mine to come in, see you, what areas you're safe to go, whatever right. else. Okay. So I do the risk assessment. After I do the risk assessment, I give it back to the local authority. If it's a young person, social services. Mm -hmm. If it's older person, could be adult social services, social care, or it could be probation, or whoever else, or your landlord. They then have to go through a process of raising your risk level. So if you don't want to stay in the same area, yeah. you move to another area. Within that, the police also have to say that they cannot put things in place to keep you safe. The things that the police will put in place is like fireproof letterbox, uh, treat all causes urgent. So if you call 999, police will come there quicker. A panic alarm. So when you go in certain people's houses and you think that it's an extra uh, light switch, but it's got a, that's okay. a panic alarm. Mm -hmm. So if you yeah. trouble the person, they run in the bathroom, yeah. and the next thing you're getting arrested. So you go someone's it's house again, it's and you love. see two strings, don't upset that person, you might get arrested. <laughs> so that's the normal process. But what you have to understand, I've been out there on the roads, and one of the easiest things to call someone is a snitch. Mm. without no evidence. So I say, oh, you're a snitch. Mm. Then the next person passes it on. And if you ask them, why is that person a snitch? Nobody could explain it to mm. you. Oh, yeah, they work with feds, man. They're informers. Yeah. Because immediately you mention police. That's it. That's that means yeah. you're an informer. Yeah. I've, I've been to prison on Section 8, armed robbery of intent. I got the highest sentence. Been getting arrested from when I was 15. I'm the only one that always goes no comment and gets mm -hmm. people off cases. Mm -hmm. So anyone been in trouble with me, no, nice. this guy keeps yeah. it mm -hmm. real. Yeah, I've done three years on a no comment and come back out, you understand? Mm -hmm. So, and not even that, when gangsters are calling police on me for murders. Okay. And I'm at work, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. I'm at work and these bad boys, like let's say then five years ago, a man will say, oh yeah, when I see Gwent, I'm going to do this. And you're like, I don't care about you. 
something happens, like an accident happens to them or their family, okay. they're reporting you to the police yeah, as one of the possible people. So I've been harassed. And that, that's... This, 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 you'll be talking when you're out of the life. I've gone way out of the life. I'm talking 10, 15 wow. years. Police are coming to me for murders because wow. these bad boys are ringing 999. Some of them from their prison cell. Yeah. Wow. Go, Gwen, and wow. Gwen. And I'm like, leave me alone. I'm not yeah. involved in that. So some these are the things that people don't even know when so-called bad boys call police on people. Wow. And they're still in these gangster raves and all that. Meanwhile, they're trying to get you arrested. So it, it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy. But what I learned from that is how brainwashed people are. Where even as adults, if a man has a party, you will leave your family and kids because you feel obligated to go out with your leader because it's your leader's party. And you're like, come on now, when do we stop... Following the leader, it's like, mm. these are grown men, some of them are 50, 60, and they're still at these raves oh, pretending they're little boys. Basically, isn't mm. it? Yeah. And it's not just the men, because the women are there as well. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them half naked at these parties. Mm. And even when they weren't allowed out, they were at headphone parties, like dancing mm. in silence mm. because mm. what the leaders told you to come out. And, and I, I actually feel sorry for a lot of people and... Sometimes I hope that things will change and we have to look at generations when the granddad's dancing with his grandson at a headphone party. Mm-hmm. What's the grandson then looking at? Right, if granddad's still out here, I've got years to go yeah, to keep awesome. doing this. Yeah, yeah. So right. people are now at raised with their children and grandchildren and that's why we're not seeing change in the community. Yeah. Yeah, where the mom and granddaughter and everybody in the same dance together. Mm-hmm. You understand? Everybody yeah. sleeping with everyone. Yeah. Everyone's children are related to, yeah. in somehow. Yeah. You look and the whole area is impregnating each other. Or you go jail, man's with your babe mother, or you break up with her, yeah. and the next thing, his children's, your children's yeah. brothers or yeah. sister. That's nastiness. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and the, the thing is, it's like, they'll look at you and think, oh, you think you're better than us. No, no one don't think that they're better than anyone. But at the end of the day, we've come from different places. You understand? And if you if you look and we go all the way back to the humble beginnings, my upbringing is totally different. So I'm always going to be an outsider, no matter who I'm with or where I go, because it's like I'm passing through. So when certain people are like, right, we used to be friends and you don't even check for me, I'm not emotionally connected to you like that. It, it, I feel bad sometimes because they really take it really bad and that's both men and women. You could be mm. friends with them. I don't care if I don't see you for the next 20 years. Because yeah. <laughs> that's just... No, but that's how I grow. So mm. you might be my brethren for the now, but not forever. So when I move on, and I'm a Libra as well, so... Libra people, all right. So, (laughs) you you know, if you if you unbalance us, you got problems. Like we're the nicest people in the world, but just keep us balanced. Because if we could go one or two ways, yeah. So this this is the thing, and I really believe in that. I'm not a normal guy, Mm. and most of my friends are also of Libras, Mm. and we might not see each other for years. 
but we're not upset with each other. No, we're and not... you can jump back on the same track. Uh, all right, then. You see, look, mm-hmm. she knows. Mm-hmm. And we, we've never... Mm-hmm. Yeah? We're, we're very, very strange people, mm-hmm. and not a lot of people get us. Yeah. So sometimes, understand. yeah, it's, it's best to keep yourself to yourself yeah. sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But when you're going through transition, <clears throat> yeah. was that very, like, strange to you? Did you feel like an alien at one point? I, I did. I'll tell you why. And apart from my dad and other people, I've got like one or two friends that's kept it loyal. No, three. That's kept it loyal. I could burn down the whole street, they're not moving. Mm. Yeah? If I say I'm going to do something, no matter how impossible it seems, they know my guy going to get it done somehow. Just having them people there believing in you has been what has kept me going throughout. So sometimes it's a lonely place. When the whole world turned against you, I had everyone turn against me. Every, I'm talking everybody at one stage turned their back on me and it was like, I'm public enemy number one. You know, like, listen. You feel like you did something wrong, but at the time you was like... I've not done nothing wrong. I don't no. understand what everyone's problem is. What is it? Because you've left the hood? No, no. I have done bad things. No, no, no. But sometimes in life, no. No, sometimes in life, you can be the baddest no. and the biggest person, but deep down in your no. brain, you believe that no. you what, what I'm doing, I have actually done nothing no, wrong. No, I've done bad things. What's the main thing that made you no. the enemy number one? No, the, the thing is, I'm an outlaw. I don't follow rules or leaders. Yeah. So because of that, it's easy to outcast the outlaw. So I'm the villain. You know, one of them ones. And even upon reflecting on stuff that I've done, it's like I would roll with you today and tomorrow I'm over there with the next man. Now I look back, I'm like, I went and that went really good. (laughs) You know, like, but as a kid, you're like, I'm not going to do nothing to you. Me and you are cool, but they don't like you. Mm. And now as a big man, you realise that, right, you can't do that. Or I might get up today and decide, you know what, you're poisoning our community. I'm going to relieve you of some of your cash. (laughs) (laughs) Are you for real? So, (laughs) them little things... At least, like I say, you've done it for a good cause. Yes, Robin Hood. Listen, I'll tell you what happened. When I was was growing up, I remember I watched Robin Hood. And mm, that resonated with me. Yeah, I'm like, well. this guy is doing good with the bad. So yeah. let's say then I took someone's money and there was a family over there struggling. You enjoyed today? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good deed. At least I can see where it's going. Everyone has Robin, Robin Hood dog. Come on, man. So my thing was, it was a part of the game as well. So then when I linked up with these older guys mm. and they were fully in some different sort of robbery, mm-hmm. It was like an overdose of what you was doing mm-hmm. on a small scale. But I've done bad things. I've tried to apologise where I can. But the reason why I didn't see it as a bad thing at the time, I'm like, somebody has to play this role. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody has to lie. Somebody has to mm-hmm. cheat. Somebody, and then I watched Belly as well, and I got addicted mm-hmm. to the Method Man role. You understand? So I'm like, right, I like Method Man. I want to be that guy. You understand? Where he takes you out for a drink, then does you something. Mm-hmm. I, that's me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because what I learned is fear lasts longer than love. It's true. Yeah? Sad, sad, but it's, true. it's sad to say. And, and when I look at the people that thought people loved them and they're all dead, 
I'm like, you know what, I chose the right path, you understand? Mm. So for me, the hardest thing was being alone and actually accepting that nothing's going to change. They're all still friends. They're happy without you over there. Don't try and come back. Mm. That, it was hard. Yeah. But that made me who I am Today. because mm. it was like, all right, then, cool. You're all going to stay over there. Watch me win. Right. And I just went hard, like, right. all right, I've done that one. Mm-hmm. Let me go get a BAFTAs, get a BAFTAs. You see me in the movie world? All right, cool. And it was just like one thing after mm-hmm. another. And I'm like, you know what? I need to. And I kept trying to find that one hit. I wrote mm-hmm. the book. As mm-hmm. you said, when I put the book out, it was like, it took me from being the mentor, the gang guy, to now being an academic. Oh. Oh so I mean, yeah, but mm. th- this is where I come to now. I don't sell the book. I don't even publish that I've got a book because mm. other people want to be authors, so I leave them to do that. I don't, the book sells by itself. I, mm. I've That's never it. walked with a yeah, book. You should have still bought one. Have you got the book? Yo, people, if you don't know it, it's <laughs> from the streets to <laughs> Scotland Yard. No, that is the book. <clears throat> All right, can you, t- can you yeah. tell us a bit about the name From Streets to Scotland, so the, Scotland from Yard? So, the, from the streets to Scotland Yard was a provocative title. Mm-hmm. I knew that a lot of people in our community don't know how to read and dissect information mm-hmm. and turn it into a story. They might know how to read words, but not put it together and get what you were saying. They understand scenarios and places. So I said, you know what, whatever, they're going to talk. Go read the book. And I learned that from Master P. Give them something that they're going to talk about (laughs) and they go and buy it. And the thing sold like hotcakes. But anyone that knew what I was doing would understand the Scotland Yard element came from the witness protection stuff. So me moving people was like witness protection. In my head, I didn't care what the streets thought. I thought, you know what, the people in government and that will look at that and think, right, what does he mean from the streets of Scotland? Yeah, this is mm-hmm. a guy coming from the streets and now elevating himself. Mm-hmm. So when people thought I was worrying about the streets, I'm looking at the universities, I'm looking at the private schools and the people bringing me to their dinner parties down the West End to talk about the transition. Mm-hmm. So I was going like to restaurants in the West End and hotels and getting paid like thousand pound for 15 minutes talk that's all no drug dealer making that you understand so when i'm looking at that i'm like you know what you've done the right thing because just that last word gave it a power that i had police from germany coming over and wanted to know how do you do what you do so when the people on the roads thought that i cared about their opinion i'm like brother i'm gone like do your thing i don't care but then it was, how do you then level up from that? What do you? De- what is the next big thing that you do? Mm-hmm. So, I was always trying to find that thing that will make me feel like I no longer have to do this. So I went back to university mm-hmm. and done the uni course. I studied law at uni, even though I knew that I wouldn't be able to sit on the bar. So <clears throat> once you've done uh, armed robbery with intent, they added that last bit to ruin your life, the intent mm-hmm. section eight. I would never be able to be a, even a solicitor or paralegal here. Yeah. But I still went and studied law to show them that you can do it. That's mm-hmm. good. And then I just started working and keep my head down and, and doing other stuff. And then mm-hmm. young boy died in Lewisham, seven-year-old boy, burnt to death in fire. And mm-hmm. at the time, I had a seven-year-old daughter. So it's like, I'm going home to my daughter. These people have lost their son. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I had to speak out about that. Mm-hmm. 
on the back of speaking out about that, I had 19 months of harassment. Uh, from the police so the police put me on bail nine times first person in the country to be real bail nine times mm-hmm. on one charge yeah it, it's it never unheard of mm-hmm. I was then raided twice in three months uh, yeah yeah uh, they rung around the whole country before the case was even open so even before there was a case against me you had officers ringing the whole country to say look Gwenton's house was raided as part of a drugs operation. He wasn't arrested or charged, so it didn't make sense. Mm. But just the fact that the police was ringing my partners and people I had a business with, all my business got lost around the country. We, oh, yeah. Within about four weeks, we lost 140 grand worth of business. Yeah. You understand? So when you read the newspapers, the newspapers will be like, Gwenton's suing the, the police for three million. Yeah. What that was was... The, we sat down, we said to get your life back after all of that would take 10 years. So times the 140 by 10 is 3 million. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So that's where the 3 million mark came from. Yeah. So once the newspapers saw what was going on with me, they then started uh, following the case and everything else. Mm-hmm. Cause I was letting them see the emails, the ones mm-hmm. other people weren't allowed to see outside. Mm-hmm. I then ended up in court with Julian Assange. So for those of you that don't know who Julian Assange is, He's the CEO of WikiLeaks, okay. who they're trying to extradite back to America. So, yeah, for leaking yeah. government secrets government, and that. Yeah. So me and Julian Assange was in uh, Woolwich Crown Court. Okay. They even thought that I was going to end up in Old Bailey. So they tried to do me for perverting the cause of justice, uh, uh, perverting the cause of justice and uh, money laundry. So they went through all my financial records for 10 years. They had sell sight on me. So you'd think this is a murder case. Yeah, for all, back, yeah. at the back of what? <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they wanted me to keep quiet. Mm. So they had sell sight. We had specialists going through all the papers. There was like big bundles of paperwork. Mm. The good thing is I got a good barrister. And my legal team was Imran Khan, the okay. same person that yeah, dealt with Stephen Lawrence's yeah, case. Yeah. So from you see me with Imran Khan himself, mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. serious. Then I got another lawyer, Peter Dovey, that was dealing with the civil suit. Mm-hmm. So when we're suing the police, we're suing the police with Peter Dovey. So he's the principal lawyer. Okay. So where his office is in, is in the same square, old square. Okay. When you've got a legal team firm in Old Square, mm-hmm. people know you mean business because mm-hmm. it's only yeah. bad boy barristers and, and legal mm-hmm. team down there. Mm-hmm. The police was in the same square. Mm-hmm. So we've gone to court now. We needed a proper barrister, so I had to wait for this barrister to be relieved. So he deals with all the high-profile cases, terrorism, all of that. Mm-hmm. Tom Wainwright, okay. small guy, but mm-hmm. guy walk holding his... They got like their capes, walking, holding his capes. So, and a man holds his cape, you know, he's a serious guy. So we've gone in there, and the judge realized, rah, they come for war. They soon behaved themselves. We had a good judge as well, very mm. fair man. Mm. He was an international high court judge. So whatever he said, no one was going to argue with him. Mm. And after six days of arguments, they kicked the case out because there weren't no case to bring to court. Mm. So immediately as the case got kicked out, they were meant to give me back my money. We then found out that the money went missing. Honestly, yeah, yeah. My watch went missing. All sorts of stuff oh went walkabouts and whatever else. Mm. They claimed that their body cam cut off. The what? Yeah. And then the biggest problem they got themselves in, they tampered with my boiler. 
they're not gas safety trained, so no police officer should be touching Did anyone's you see these we're, we're in process. we're in legal conversations yeah. now. Yeah, so they not only nationally blacklist me, uh, tamper with my boiler, all of this caught on body cam, so they couldn't mm. deny it. They leaked an email, so a senior police officer leaked an email to a parent with my personal details in there. One bag of stuff that they claim that they didn't mean to do. Illegal search mm. warrants. So search warrants they use were illegal. And all of that. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're not in it, you won't. You won't know. So the thing is, I'll tell you what it is. I've grown up around a lot of drug dealers over the years. And one of the benefits of being a drug dealer is when you get arrested, because some of your stuff always go walkabouts. So if when you got arrested, you had 100,000, by the time you get to court, you're going to get about 20,000 on your charge sheets. But I'm not a drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah, so once the case finished, it's like, even before that, we go back, I'm going through the case, I'm seeing, and this is where I start learning about mental health and all that. Seeing a lot of people like committing suicide and all that. I'm like, why oh, is this what's really happening? Because mm. you're seeing now look, people are stressed out and all of that. Mm. And people are saying to me, Gwenton, how are you coping? And if it weren't for people like Lee Jasper and all of that coming court with me, filming it, all of that, mm. and other people within the community supporting me, I probably would have been stressed. And I said, I need something to do. Mm. And that's when I start running the election. So I run the first election in Lewisham. Mm. I'm like, right, so Lucian, please think I'm a normal guy. Come, let's do this. Okay, so that's what <clears> that's, what you ended that's up how I ended up in politics. I didn't, yeah. I weren't involved in politics. Yeah. I didn't care about it, none okay. of that. So I done it as, all right, you trying to hassle me? Yeah. So I'm going to no background in politics. <clears> nothing at all. Then I met up with a party that they were like a radical party, lie down in the road, all about the people called People mm. for Love Profit. It. Met up with a guy called John Hamilton. Mm -hmm. He introduced me to the rest of the party. And I said to them, look, this is what's going on. Be straight with you. I'm going through some stuff with the police and I want to run for a councillor. Mm -hmm. A seat came up and I ran with like four months practice, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm out there in the mm -hmm. nights with my rucksack, knocking the mm -hmm. doors, whatever. And then the Green Party's like, you know what, Gwen, we love what you stand for. We're not even going to stand against you. Mm -hmm. So the Green Party didn't stand against me. I came forth. Okay. Probably if they stood against me, I wouldn't have come forth. Yeah, come I had, had Dwayne Brooks, who was with Stephen Lawrence when he died, okay. supporting me in the background mm -hmm. as well, yeah. making sure that I know what to do, mm -hmm. what part of the ward to go and knock and everything else. And I came forth. So after that, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, felt good. Yeah. Newspaper covered it, all of that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and... The good thing with the newspaper covering it, it took away from that whole uh, home office celebrity gangs worker gets caught up in police. I don't want that. Even yeah, if course. I win the case, I don't want that on my Google no. feed. You understand? Yeah. So another election come up in 2021 in Lewisham again, and I'm thinking, you know what, this is New Cross. Mm. More of my people down there. So I've yeah. got New Cross run again. I end up beating the Liberal Democrats come forth. Right. Remember, yeah. Liberal Democrats yeah. is like the yeah, fourth course. biggest party big in the country. Awesome. Yeah. That's big. And I beat them, mm. and I'm thinking, do I go back and run for Lewisham again? I said, no. Nah. So you running run. for the local... Was you running... In, I was running under the banner of people for profit. So we're like independent. Mm, okay. Them time the Labour Party's ringing me, going and come join us. We love mm -hmm. what you're doing, but you have to. What are you left or right wing? Nothing. I'm for the I'm for the people. I'm for the people. Left and right is the same thing. Yeah, we don't get <laughs> to play the games. You understand? They're just they're just different colours, but same yeah. people. All right. 
So I was thinking, you know what? I'm not going to run in Lewisham again because mm. people in Hackney are like, right, you're not from there, come home. Yeah. And, uh, like, all right, cool. So election come, big election. Uh, I said, mm. do I run for MP? Do I run for council again? I said, forget that. This is home now. Make mm. a statement. Yeah. Sign up to run for mayor. Kept it quiet all the mm. way through. Then we announced it. People didn't understand what I was doing. <laughs> They're like, what's a mayor? Mm. Well, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is a top seat in the mm. borough. And the newspaper was like, this is unbelievable, never been done before. And I made sure I ran. I remember the night before I ran, I phoned up my grandma. I said, she's 85, going to be 86. I said, Grandma, listen, you come here and walk in the snow and have to work £15 a week if you're lucky. Your hard work ain't gone in vain, you understand? I'm here. I'm going to run for me. I went to one of my aunts because you have to get people, you have to get 30 people to sign for you to run, mm-hmm. nominate you. Okay. And I went to my aunt. I said, I want you to be the first one. She didn't understand what I meant. I went to my other brethren, that female friend in Hackney, and I said to her, you're going to be number two. Didn't tell them what it meant. Mm-hmm. You see, the minute you get nominated, so I had to get another 28 people. But the minute you get nominated... Mm-hmm. The first two people are on the record as your two oh, first nomination. Okay. So my aunt and my brethren's there, mm. you understand? Yeah. And then other friends, their mums were like, what, we voted for you? Oh, okay. <clears throat> and I said, listen, this election ain't about me. It's about all of us. Yeah, so you understand? And I remember the day the election was over, I felt free. Yeah. Because everything I've been chasing my whole life, like... You help people, you do this, you try and do these different things. None of it made me feel the way I felt the day the election was over. Mm. Yeah, because it was like, no one can't talk to me again. Mm. I'm done. I can live my own life now. I don't Mm. need to prove Mm. nothing to no one. Mm. And I went home and I just sat there and I thought, right, look where man's coming from. You understand? Because I'm not from here. We're not at the same start in life. You understand? So people only and then a week after give you a joke. Now we come back to this leader of the area guy. The week after he's realised that there's an election going on. Man, man, a road man. They don't yeah, know that yeah. elections on yeah, the 5th. <laughs> so they've come on the 11th day. 8.30 or 7.30 in the morning, my man's got up, the spirit's got in him. He's posted me the speech i done. You know, like when the election's yeah. over, i done a mm. speech. So because he's posted it, every gangster and drug dealer and bad boy, pretend bad boys, in Hackney started reposting it. I'm like, you don't talk to me. She don't talk to me. Inboxing me, you're so amazing, big up fam. I'm like, wait a minute. They've been given the go-ahead that I'm not cool. The same man I wrote the letter for, that was his thank you without saying it. And it's how the road works certain time. We might never talk to each other again, but a man mm. say, you're all that. Yeah. It's true. And that alone for me was like, don't watch that, I love for that. Mm. Yeah, and I, But what I looked at that was is to say, imagine this, it took for your leader to post me, for you lot to feel comfortable yeah, to right. repost me. But I said, you know what, yeah. what my man's done, he don't even know. Because yeah. he's not educated. Everybody that's following him 
that you can. That's right. And that's all I wanted to do. Mm. Don't it. sign no one off. Because mm. it could be tomorrow, the year after that, a man gets up and says, or a woman gets up and says, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do something in my life. So mm-hmm. that that's all I'm about. No, definitely. You understand? That, that's all it was about. No, no, I want to pick you, pick up, pick you up, keep on running, even having yeah. the courage to even coming out your comfort, coming out your comfort zone yeah, and doing yeah. that and being an example for other people. In this, yeah, yeah, following your footsteps an, coming from the same thing. Another black boy will be like, if he yeah, can do he it, can I'm do it. definitely going yeah. for it. I'm doing it. So I'm saying if they yeah. listen to this podcast today and they heard what he was about, who he was, the Robin Hood, you get me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing things. They, yeah. they, they, they must come do it. And yeah, and I know that Gwenton is going to, you're willing to help anyone yeah, come yeah. out. Yeah. 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 One thing with mm. me is this, even if someone hit me up, same thing, uh, me and you get in contact, mm. another person hit me and said, boom, no guy running a podcast. And I'm like, right, I swear that's that same podcast <laughs> that I've been watching. Because even, uh, you see my, yeah. I do my little thing as well, but I'm always with supporting the next man. It's no mean yeah, that I'm going on everybody's podcast, because not everybody's podcast yeah, is for me. Yeah, 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 that's that. Yeah, that's so, yeah. so I come out and I support, but you're never too to go and support somebody else. And this is what people need to understand. Mm -hmm. Be humble, yeah? Because tomorrow might be your last day out here. Make sure that every time you move, you move correctly. Mm -hmm. So when you're dead or something happened to you, man ain't got nothing or woman ain't got nothing, Mm -hmm. say, right, you know, I've I've done bad things. I've done dodgy stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've done a lot of good. And to me, the amount of good that I've done over the past Mm -hmm. 15 years is cancelled out. Mm -hmm. I've never murdered no one. Mm -hmm. Ultimate sin. Mm -hmm. So if I've not murdered no one, anything else I've done, I've made up for that a hundred times. You understand? So that's Mm -hmm. why when someone says, why do you do what you're doing? It's like, you know what? I'm trying to stay in the green zone here. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trying to stay in the green. So if I help one person, they will go on and help someone else. Enough time I've helped people and they're like, what do you want? I'm like, just go help somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I don't even care if you don't contact me. I don't see you again. Help somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't look back for nothing. That's it. You understand? And that, if, if anything, you would ask me what I want out of life is just people to start living and being who you are. Okay, I'm you are. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's be, be real to yourself. For years, yeah. I was out there on the road lying to myself. And the thing is this, certain men live and women live as their alter ego for their whole life. Yeah. And, and the thing is, the more that it grows is the harder it is for you to give it up. Certain people don't even know my real name. Mm. I go even now, I drive around and they're like, well, I'll go on queue and you're like, but don't call me that no more. That I'm thing. not that person again. <laughs> call me who I am. And it, it's that don't thing. That I don't like that that person is mm. the red zone. Mm. I don't want to mm. be associated with the red zone. Mm. Keep me in the green. And the thing is, it, it gives you a, a spiritual feeling that is not good. Yeah. Because you could then become addicted. If I go to Hackney for three weeks straight, and I'm around certain people, I'm then feeding the dark side again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feed that dark side, so I don't go around certain people. Mm-hmm. Even a man asks me, I'll come, I'm christening my youth or whatever. I'm like, brother, you know how I move. I'm in and I'm out. Mm-hmm. You could be having the best time in the world. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Because even just being around you does something internally to me mm-hmm. that I don't want to feel no more. Mm-hmm. 
You understand? Come on, that's true. That's growth. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing is this. The more you feed that, is the more comfortable you become in certain spaces. Even my own family. I've got cousins and they invite me out and... If my spirit tell me on the day not to go, I'm not going. And they're like, Brad, we know how you move, so once we don't see you, it's that. Or I might say to them halfway through the rave, like, I'm coming back. They know I'm not coming back. I'm gone. Because my thing is this. The minute my feelings tell me, no, it is no. I don't care what's going on. I could be driving my car up the road and my head tell me, spin the car. I'm not questioning why I should spin the car, pull up here today. You're saying to me, oh, I'm here. I know what number I was meant to go to, but my head told me park over there. <laughs> so, so I park over there. Don't tell me that I come to the wrong place. You understand? I know exactly where I'm meant to go. I'm not in the wrong place. That's where my spirit wanted the car yeah, to stay. You get what yeah, I'm saying? So absolutely. it's them little things that, People need to follow their energy. Mm. Yeah. There are not people that's dead now that their body told them, and move. And against it, right? And you're like, no, I'm having too much fun. I ain't going mm. nowhere. Mm. Listen, you know, I've been with people and 10 minutes after they get hurt or something, I'm like, boy, I didn't tell you to mm. leave. But, and you think I'm dodgy. I'm yeah. not dodgy. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> in tuned yeah. with my protection. Mm. I, don't, I don't do no magic. Mm. I don't do none of that. Yeah. I've got my own internal mm-hmm. protection mm-hmm. that I follow. And anytime I go against it, something bad happens to me. Mm-hmm. And I go home and I'm like, quietly to myself, I should have listened. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And that's how I move. And mm-hmm. that's why when people see me in certain places and I'm by myself is a next man's energy or woman's energy could mess with mine. So I'm always by myself. I don't roll with no one. Unless I'm with my youths or my family, I'm by myself. You will see me at a nine night by myself. That's and I mean. cut through eight minutes tops, sometimes seven. <laughs> and I'm God. You understand? Yeah, that's me. I went to a nine night and I left there within about two minutes. Uh, I went there, I speak that the guy said, brother, I love you, whatever you need for finish all of me, all these drinks. And I'm back out. They're like, yo, where you going? I said, fam, I'm done. <laughs> but people cannot do that and this is why mm. I'm saying to a lot of people don't fight against your protection mm. even the woman you're with could be the darkness to your life mm. and and every day you get up around there you're feeling the darkness mm. you need to lock that off your own children could be darkness to you where they're bringing a bag of problems mm. yeah I got a son and I'm like yo my youth's gonna put me in jail so what do I have to do as a man? Go take my youth next to me. Mm. Yeah? It ain't your mum that's causing the darkness. Mm. But the area you're living is so dark that you're now trying to fight against your mum, me, and everybody else. Mm. So the thing is, I take you, put you in the light. You see the youth now, you see a different youth. Yeah. And uh, people don't look at them things. Anybody around you that's making you feel heavy, remove yourself Mm -hmm. but if it's your you you can't remove yourself from your you so you have to take your you with you Mm -hmm. because when accidents happen you can't talk about oh i was you weren't the best parent you saw the thing coming you left your you to be swallowed up so Mm -hmm. it's what it is man but but thanks for having me on as the first guest of the all right you understand so yeah 
for, um, yeah. it's a privilege. No, it's definitely mm-hmm. a privilege having you, man. And yes, thank you for opening up and being so open. Yeah. Any more questions? All right, let me ask just a few more questions yeah, before yeah. we shut up. What is a um, funny situation which you've encountered while in the um, politician side of things, dealing with that environment as a black man in there? I think one of the funniest things that I've actually ended up laughing about after is Mm. the love that the Labour Party have for me, but they can't publicly say it. Yeah. They they literally love me, and Mm. I'm talking in all different boroughs I go to, they would sneakily say stuff to me like, they want me to join. Yeah. Even the Green Party was like, Gwen, please come. Like, we want you over here. And I'm, you just join, yeah, join, join the Labour nah, Party, yeah, Gwen, and come nah, on, why not? You, you know what? already day, half a day, you know what I mean? Look, maybe, <laughs> you know, like a boxer when they retire, you could always come out of retirement. Uh-huh. But for now, I want to Oh, right, live in peace yeah, and do what I'm right. doing. Sure I don't right. want to... The thing is, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And this is the part that people don't see. Mm-hmm. Running elections isn't just going out there. You have to knock doors. You mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. be... And we're Libras, yeah. so we could be friendly when we mm-hmm. want to be friendly. <laughs> so you, if you catch us on a day where we're not in the mood... <laughs> It's not, not in the mood. You understand? So <laughs> when you're living that, you have to be in the mood all the time. And the way my spirit's set up, I'm not in the mood every day. You understand? So it's not for me. But I'm just here. And it's like when you ask me, are you an author? I'm not an author. I wrote a book. The book's out there for learning. I'm not a politician. I've done it for learning. You understand? So not because I've done something and it looks good or I might have achieve something in it means that's my lane. That's not my lane. Uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? I, I ain't found my lane yet. What is my lane? Yeah. I might become some spiritual leader soon uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. Who uh-huh. knows? But it's, it's I haven't searching. found what my lane is. Uh-huh. You understand? Uh-huh. Yeah. So my last question to you is, what would you say to your younger self? If I was looking back now, what I know now, I would say to my younger self, be true to yourself and don't try to fit in and be someone that you're not because in the end, your true self will win. Because I've just gone back to default setting and being who I was when I came here. Mm -hmm. So although now I will live with the label of ex-offender, if you look here, I was already advanced. So when people see you doing certain things, they don't understand that. If I wasn't messed up, from eight years old, I would never have met them people. I would have never ended up on the street. I probably would still be a politician or a barrister or whatever. So I would just be true to myself because then I wouldn't have uh, internalised that darkness and started enjoying it. Mm. Yeah? That might have answered what I was just going to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Given the answer, but I was going to say, is there anything that you would have changed coming up? I'm a a strong believer in this. My mum's dead, yeah. Show you how deep this is. My mum's dead, and if someone said to me, would you bring your mum back, I'll say no. Everything happens for a reason in life. So so if I'm not willing to bring my mum back, why would I change anything else? You get what I'm saying? Every second of every day is happening for a reason. And I believe that the way that life's already planned out, even though we're here and whatever else, and we think that we're in control, we're not in control of nothing. Yeah, yeah we're just here walking the walk. So I wouldn't change nothing because probably I wouldn't be the man I am today. I wouldn't have 
met my children's mum, I wouldn't have my children, which is mm. the biggest blessing. My dad wouldn't have been my dad, my grand wouldn't. Mm. So none of what we mm. are, I probably would be light skin with green eyes mm. and curly hair. <laughs> I would be different. You get what I'm saying? Would I be happy if I was light skin with green eyes? <laughs> Maybe so, but now dark skin guys are in, I'm happy for that. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna change one day, one second. When I was growing up, I used to wish to be of a people mm. I imitated other people tried to be like them and then in the end these same gangsters wish they were me mm. in the end do you understand mm. so um, I wouldn't change a second happy yeah. with the way I was alright cool alright last one I think um, to any um, guys from the community black community that's um, contemplating getting into politics and maybe maybe that if and an are in what would you have to say what would you have to say to them the the first thing I would say to them is this: keep your garden clean. That's the most, and that's within everything in life. Mm-hmm. Always be prepared for a check, because once you put your head above the water, somebody's gonna want to check you. Mm-hmm. Make sure you pay your taxes. Make sure that no one around you is dirty. Mm-hmm. Don't try and live a double life. Even if you've got just your big toe in the darkness, take mm-hmm. your big toe out of there. Yeah. Once everything's clean around you and you're doing everything for the right reason, then go and run. Yeah. It ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Politics will be here for years to come. Mm-hmm. You could be 89 years old and still run. Mm-hmm. But keep your garden clean first. Yeah. And so, so. go and speak to other people that have had experience before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've had Diane Abbott, we've had Rachel Nicosi. We've had many people, Bernie Grant and others mm-hmm. that have gone before us that you could have access to. Mm-hmm. As I said, Dwayne Brooks, Alfie Smith, mm-hmm. other people that have gone there and, and, and tried and, and tested this thing. Mm-hmm. So don't just feel that you're alone here. Mm-hmm. And you could also run as an independent mm-hmm. as long as you're willing to put out your own money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That running for Hackney was the best money I've ever lost in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We lost over a thousand pound running that election. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have spent that again. You yeah, understand? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wicked, wicked. All right, so anything that you will, any last comments, messages that you want to say before we the, wrap it up? The, the only thing I would say is obviously, thanks to both of you mm-hmm. and the engineer who's mm-hmm. done a lot of hard work today. <laughs> and the, the, when we look and people watch this podcast, they don't know the work that goes on behind the scenes and the sacrifice and everything else. So it's just about thank you both as well for taking your time out. And for me, as anyone else out there that want to do something, just start it. Don't wait for no one, even if you have to be in someone's cupboard and Mm -hmm. out in the, you understand, in the park recording what you're Mm -hmm. doing or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. just start it. You understand, don't try and be like the biggest mm. Joe Rogan or whatever. Mm. You understand? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and even a message to yourself as well. Mm. At a certain time, you don't even know who you're reaching. Because I've seen some yeah. so-called bad boys secretly watching this podcast. Mm-hmm. So just keep doing what you're doing because mm. you're reaching some people that are even embarrassed to say they're watching podcasts because mm-hmm. it's looked at as chatty patty. Yeah. <laughs> but a yeah. man's got his gun and his drugs watching the podcast. You understand? So, so if we got killers watching the podcast, we might prevent that killer. Definitely. 
or potential killer from mm. killing somebody's family. Yeah, for real? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, so where can we find you? Where can we find everyone? Um, easily accessible. And I know you've got organisation that you yeah, happen, so, actually happen, happening as... Yeah, you, so I've got a, I've got an organisation called Crying Sons. Mm. It was founded in Hackney some years ago, 2006, yeah. on the back of seeing Mothers Against Guns, who was a group of mothers that were running around protesting after mm. their sons were murdered. I decided that let's do prevention instead of being reactive, let's yeah. be proactive. And I started out, this was before SBTV and all of that okay. stuff. I started out doing filming music videos and everything okay. else. And on the back of that, yeah, we couldn't go in certain areas because of mm. historical problems and everything mm -hmm. else. And I dropped that. And then I then started up crying sons to try and give people jobs and houses mm. and other things employ people's parents and everything else and then show people how to do it themselves mm -hmm. and we've been going from 2007 mm -hmm. my late business partner two of them i want to say thank you to mm -hmm. dr jennifer lowe who sadly had to leave us after she had a stroke but she's back to normal now if it wasn't for her the organization would not go off the floor and also another good friend of mine patricia lamore that went out her way to get us the first funding and my late business partner bobby martin who was instrumental to get us in the prison system and other places. So it wasn't just me alone and, and also uh, Claudine Dubry as well for her support along the way. Mm -hmm. So there's been other people behind the scenes, although people think it's me and some of the other staff that's running this ship, there's been many people that have supported us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so cryingsons.org, if you want to find out what we do, we work in nearly every local uh, Barra, if you've got any children in uh, in care, you could recommend us to come and do the outreach work or mentoring with your young people. Just demand that the social worker makes a referral mm -hmm. if you're not happy with the people working with your children. The furthest, we've got a case, we've got one in Liverpool and the next one in Exeter. Okay. So we're willing to travel if the price is right, we'll go wherever the work is. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that's us. I'm on all social media sites, easily accessible. As you mm -hmm. see, I'm answer back the yeah, yeah. response mm -hmm. in real time, and that's it. I'm a normal guy like everyone else in the community. I just, yeah. I don't really talk. I do what I'm doing. You understand? What's so your, yeah. Uh, Instagram, so Twitter. Yeah. So my Instagram is Gwenton underscore three M. That's for the three million that we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gwenton Dennis slowly on Facebook, and Gwenton slowly on all the other stuff. We're on Twitter as well at Gwenton, and we got the organization crying sons on all the platforms as well so yeah easily accessible mm -hmm. or if you can't be bothered with that just type it in google and everything will come up yeah, yeah that's yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. all right all right yeah. so people that's the end of the show until the next time yo big up gwen and again blah 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 blah, blah. yo people till next time we out <laughs> <laughs>